Welcome to another episode of Kentucky Football Carpool Show. I'm Nick. I'm Mike. I'm Chris. All right, well, uh, got another signing period in the books. Um, top 25, I guess it can't really – Can't beat that, can't beat that at all. Oh, um, I'm excited about 21st it. 21st on Rivals. 21st on Rivals. There you go. There, there you go. go. We got 23rd. We got 21st. It, uh, it's Across the board, it's been 20, top 25, and that's what huh. you want – out of Kentucky. Yeah, and they'll probably find a way to drop our rating some more somehow just because we're Kentucky. Oh, yeah. It's so, bullshit. It's so screw us. <laughs> complete and utter bullshit. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it's still moving the train forward. Um, there's really not much to say about it besides this is a heck of a class, especially on the lines. So, yeah. Second ranked line class in the nation. Really second? I thought that would be definitely first, but that's all right. Yeah, that's okay. No, 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 I know. I know. I'm just, I'm just fucking around because, you know, I love UK. So, yeah, that is what it is. They're first in everything. But anyways, um, we we're gonna bring on. Uh, we have a special guest with us today, and it's uh, T.J. Hendrickson, and he is from our our Facebook page. He's from Kentucky Carpool Sports, and uh, he does a fantastic job breaking down these recruits and kind of getting getting us to to know these guys. Because um, I, I know a little bit. I know about yeah. names, but we don't know uh, you know the TJ background does stuff a great like that. Job of breaking them down for he us. He sure does. And uh, welcome, T.J. Hey, how's it going, guys? Ah, it's going good, man. You know, it's fucking cold here, but, you know, it's uh, besides that, it's pretty good. Hey, I heard that, man. It's right in here in uh, North Carolina. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this class, I mean, you look at it across the board. I mean, from top to bottom, there's not a weak point. There's not a weak player in this class. I mean, you look at the, the five stars, four stars. I mean, Alabama average stars is four. Of course, they're going to be the highest. But even Kentucky averages 3.48 stars. I mean, they're right below Alabama. Yay! I hate you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, incredible, it's incredible to see the, uh, I mean, the amount of talent we've, came, we've, we've gotten this year. And, and where it was pre-Stoops to now is, is incredible. And it's all credit to him and his staff. Uh, I think we all would agree with that, right? Well, the, the strength of the class are really what, you know, it's kind of what we were talking about with Loney the other night, where, you know, we're building from the line out. And as long as you have a great line in the SEC or well, college football in general, you're going to be something special. Agreed. I think, I think, uh, it, it helps a lot, you know, especially in the SEC. Um, and I'll say this over and over again. I've said it probably 15 times on this podcast that, Kentucky now has an SEC line on both sides of the ball, and the first time I saw that was against Florida a couple of years ago, where we just completely owned both sides of the ball. And of course, the whole that whole season, we owned both sides of the ball for the most part. Um, but it, it, like I said, it is it is an incredible transition that we've had uh, since Stoops has been here, and and this class just continues that train going forward, right? So, um, but not only that, but. Coach Stoops talks about it all the time, and also all the other SEC coaches talk about it all the time. If you have a running game in the SEC, you're going to win 80%, 90% of your conference games. So it, it definitely starts uh, on the offensive line and if you can stop the run on the defensive line. Well, I mean, the win on the road on the, in the SEC, you got to have that. you gotta have you got to have a good line. you got to be able to run the ball. you got to be able to stop it. So. Uh, especially on the the east side of of SEC, because I I do I don't know if y'all agree with me on this, but there is a distinct difference in both both yeah. conferences as far as the west and the east side. The west seems like they've gone to more of a spread type of offense, uh, big offenses stuff like that, and it seems like UK and the east side are are still mostly run. I know there's Florida there, but um, but I mean it's still 
mostly a run game on both sides and playing good defense, right? Does everyone yep. agree with that? Yep. Um, and even with even with Georgia, who's been the best team in the East the last four years, um, even with them, they 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 can, they pretty much run the ball and play yeah, good defense. And that's what they do best. So and and like I said, it's 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 uh, credit to Stoops and his staff. I think that uh, we'll we'll need to throw the ball more this year, and and that kind of gets us into our. I guess our preview in these players, uh, TJ, you want to kind of give us a rundown of these players? Yeah, absolutely. The uh, not talking about Georgia. By the way, they lose uh, nine out of their eleven offensive starters. So I'm not saying there's a chance for Kentucky, but there's a chance. Oh yeah, I same with so. Florida, man. Yeah. So if, if there's ever going to be a year for Kentucky to go to the SEC, you know, win the SEC East and go to Atlanta. It is this year because of how many of our opponents lose or how many of our best opponents on our schedule lose so much on both sides of the ball. Without a doubt, absolutely. You know, it's funny that, that we start off talking about the offensive line and the defensive line. I'm running down, and I've got the uh, nine linemen uh, that I'm going to break down tonight, and then I'm going to throw you an outlier for the, uh, for the tenth one. Number one, we'll start off. I mean, five-star Justin Rogers. What can you say about this guy? Defensive lineman, uh, 6'4", 314 pounds. Once again, he's got an SEC body, SEC height. He's a five-star out of Oak Park, Michigan. Once again, breaking in to the Michigan pipeline. Number one in the state of Michigan, Tennessee Wantham. I talked to uh, a Tennessee uh, sports show couple weeks ago, well, actually a couple months ago before he signed, and Tennessee fans were all wrapped up that they had him. They didn't think that he was going to go to Kentucky at all. So I love the fact that Kentucky stole him away from a rival like Tennessee. They're the most irrationally uh, confident fans in, in all of college football, so that's not surprising. Straight delusional. Straight, straight delusional, delusional fans. Um, straight delusional fans. Uh, according to Philip Palmer today, they're going to eat some ass. So, um, I don't know. You take that for what you yeah. want, uh, but but uh, they are delusional. Um, their best win now on their schedule is Kentucky, so that tells you how much Kentucky has risen and how they've oh, fallen. They <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Continue. I'm sorry, TJ. Continue. But Justin Rogers is my favorite one out of this class, and I know that's like the generic pick, but the guy's the best fucking recruit we've ever had. So <laughs> that's an easy one to me. So, uh, but yeah, continue. There, there's not much you can say about Justin Rogers. He speaks for himself. Uh, going down the line, Josiah Hayes, defensive lineman out of Horn Lake, uh, Mississippi. Six foot three, 285 pounds. Once again, that SEC body that you like, kind of like a uh, defensive lineman, uh, defensive end type pass rusher. He's a four star, number two in the state. And here's the, here's the thing about this guy. On signing day back in December, Mississippi State knew they had him. Knew it. He was going to Mississippi State. Ole Miss was on the table a little bit. But at the last second, Mark Stoops goes in and grabs him. First team All-State. Stole from Ole Miss and Mississippi State. You can't say enough about this guy, too. All these offensive linemen and defensive linemen that we got are absolute freaks and athletes. No, I agree. I agree with that. I mean, like I said, it's just the the Josh Allen effect has had a – big impact on this class um uh, don't you I mean, don't you agree yeah, Mike? I, I, mean, I agree completely they, they took advantage of of uh you know producing such great linemen that absolutely and then that's 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 a credit to this this whole recruiting class basically 
Uh, but yeah, continue, man. Go ahead, Chris. And Nick, you brought up uh, Josh Allen, and from what it looks like, the class of twenty twenty one guys, Kentucky's offering a lot of uh, defensive ends, and uh, they're going to have a lot of luck with these defensive ends. And there, a lot of them are bringing up the fact that Kentucky does such a good job of developing their athletic outside linebackers and defensive ends, particularly Josh Allen. Agreed. I mean, it's not just Josh Allen. I mean. I mean, you could really throw Bud Dupree in that. I mean, you could throw a lot of guys. I mean, you could throw a lot of guys. That's that's. Hey, you could throw a lot of guys in that mix. I mean, even Boogie has been has been a very good development. Guys that are that are playing that that hybrid linebacker defensive line type type deal. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's an inc- it's like I said it's it's again it's it's just a credit to this staff and developing players and wanting guys to to come to Kentucky and be a part of this. Uh, so. Like I said, it could, it's it's just continuing the success uh, uh, that we're having so far, the momentum. I tell you another thing I like about that Hayes kid is that we're starting to kind of break through in the South now too. Getting a kid from Mississippi's big. I mean, one. I'm trying to think of the last time we had a major recruit from Mississippi. Can you all think of one? I, I can't. How dare you put me on the spot like that? <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> Not in recent memory. I know that for a fact. Yeah, no. I mean, I'm like anytime you get a big name like second in the state. From Mississippi, that's huge. I would think I mean, so. Because that's eventually going to lead to Alabama. To, and maybe if we get lucky, we can take over Florida. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, I would love to take over Florida, We're not but take over Florida. But you know, if we can start stealing recruits from Florida and Florida, that'd be amazing. I think one of the big things about no. this. I think one of the big things about this recruiting class is getting that 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 Michigan area, and and recruiting there now too, and kind of open up that line. I think it's going to be a line that's going to be open for a while. Yeah, I agree with that completely. So, like I said, we'll go ahead. I'm kind of projecting forward, but uh, I keep talking about the 2021 class, and we'll get into that later. But uh, Texas is a big area that we're hitting going forward. Well, yeah, that comes back to the – I would love to have a, a matchup with, with a Texas team because they get down there and actually, you know, perform and let kids see us. Yeah. And become a trendy school because we are a trendy school right now. I don't, you know, I don't care what anyone says. That's a, we are a trendy school right now. So, I'll go, ahead, go ahead and continue, TJ. Sorry, we went off track there a little bit. One of my favorites is uh, coming up next on the defensive line because of his name and because of his uh, skill sets, Octavius Oxendine. Now, yep. this, this kid, Tennessee, once again, was after him hard. Even in his recruitment video, he had a Tennessee shirt that he was holding up, dropped it, unzipped his jacket, and a Kentucky shirt was under it. This guy is six foot three, two ninety six. Once again, you're going to see the same with all these guys. SEC bodies, four star out of North Harden High School in Kentucky, number seven in Kentucky, first team All State. And get this: this is the stat that's going to blow your mind. 2019, he had 67 tackles. Half Ooh. of those, half, almost half of those, 32.5 were either a sack or a tackle for loss. This guy gets in the backfield at no matter – at any cost. God, that's an incredible stat. Yeah, that, that is really an incredible, is incredible stat. <laughs> Something that you like to see with your uh, defensive tackles, and <clears throat> you saw this in, with Myron Pryor, is they're uh, big powerlifting guys. And uh, Ox is like a huge powerlifting record, record setter in, in the state of Kentucky. He's literally an Ox. Like, he's yeah. massive. That's exactly what you need uh, for a nose tackle. Take up those blockers, and that frees up all the linebackers, too. Somebody with that size, uh, it's going to be incredible. So, number four coming up, Trayvon Ripka. 
once again, defensive lineman going hard on the line. Six foot five, two hundred and sixty-five pounds, four star out of Dixon, Tennessee. Number ten in the state of Tennessee, which is big because they produce a lot of uh, a lot of high school football players. Hundred and seventy career tackles, twenty-five tackles for loss. He is a complete bull rusher, and he's fast on his feet. Got a lot of reaction time with this kid. That's good to hear. I mean, you're gonna talk about his uh, his commitment video. Did you watch his commitment video? I actually, that is one of the ones that I actually did not see. So I'll, I'll tell you all about his commitment video. <clears throat> he talked a lot about wanting to be different, and uh, especially after his commitment video, when when he made his commitment and uh, he was getting interviewed, and people were asking him, you know, like why why Kentucky, why not Tennessee? Because he's a Tennessee guy, and uh, you know he essentially said that he didn't like Tennessee staff and he liked Kentucky staff a lot, and uh, Kentucky's a better program at this point than Tennessee. That's awesome. There's that, no doubt I don't think that Tennessee is a, a better team than Kentucky. I mean, we, we had the game last year against Tennessee, or this past year with Lynn Bowden. We lost by one yard, but we didn't have a quarterback. And those guys came in there thinking that, you know, oh, this is just another Kentucky game. But it showed on the field that Kentucky had more talent by a wide margin. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think that, that's not going to – that gap – they have not closed that gap. Uh, I, last year was kind of one of those weird games, but again, I mean, you can't we can't go around or saying that we're a better program than them uh, and continuing to lose to them. That, that's and that's and I know they're negatively recruiting yeah. us because of that. Yeah, that's one hump that we had to get over. Uh, so I mean, at the end of the day, I, I do think we're more talented in Tennessee. We are by far uh, better coached uh, than Tennessee. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Absolutely, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's something that that's it blows my mind. Yeah, it really does. I was screaming that whole game and making fun of all the Tennessee fans in front of me, and I mean, like my oh, that was bad. I was like, it was we were dogging on them pretty bad. It was it was Nick on a on that level of nastiness that usually I get to what, on what was that bullet? Did you drink a bunch of bullet or wild turkey for that game? I don't know. I drank a shitload before I walked in there, and <laughs> and I was just running my mouth. Every fan, we saw. Every fan I saw is running my mouth. I can't help it. It's part of it. Don't come. I cannot stand. I cannot fucking stand Tennessee. Oh, they're the worst. <laughs> they're the worst. Ugh. And I think that was a pom pom game, or is it a towel game? Because I remember just hitting the shit out of the people's head in front of us. I don't know. I was I was all over the place that game, and I was having a good time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was having a good time. That was sobering. My, my brother came with us too. Like, I had my older brother come yeah, with us. Right, yeah, your brother did come yeah, with us. Yeah, it was it was a good time. <laughs> I forgot Chris was there. And Chris got to see me in a very not not very rare form, but but I usually only get like that a couple times a, a year, and that was happened to be one of them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, so y'all heard of the uh, Big Blue Wall, right? The the new nickname for the Kentucky offensive lineman. Yeah. Yes. Damn right. Well, they're not going away. The, the, the recruits that I'm about to break down next are just going to fill in whoever leaves this year and the next and the next. I'm going to start off with Jeremy Flax, six foot six, three hundred and fifteen pounds. Incredible. He's a four. He's a four star community college out of Independence, Kansas. You may have heard that before. It's off the last chance. You number twelve overall recruit out of JUCO. Once again. You'll see a uh, comparison here. You'll see a, uh, a, a cycle that's going on with Kentucky football. 
Auburn needed this guy. They're losing four of their starting offensive linemen. They needed this kid to come in and play right away next year. Kentucky steals him from him. Huge body, and he is a run-blocking freak. He will get outside of the tackle on a sweet play or, or a toss, and he will run you over. That gets Chris all yoked. Yeah, that, that gets Chris really yoked. The I'm very yoked. <laughs> he sounds yoked. So right beside him, he's probably going to plug in this year. I I think he's going to play some this year. I don't think they're going to redshirt him. But everybody knows John Young. This kid is an absolute athlete. Six foot seven, two hundred and eighty-five pounds out of Christian Academy High School in Kentucky, four-star offensive lineman. He's fourth in the state out of Kentucky. He's well balanced. He stays on his feet. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't want pancakes. He'll stay on his feet and he'll block you all the way to the whistle. Moves defenders like it's nothing. He was collegiate ready three years ago as a freshman. I think he's the best offensive lineman out of this, out of this whole recruiting class. Absolutely. I, 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 Highest rated. I, I think he's NFL the best. Body. Yeah, he's, he looks like he's ready to go. I wouldn't be surprised. I agree with you, TJ, man. I, not surprised if he starts he's playing. He's going to get rotation. Yeah. I, they play, Stoops likes to do this anyways. He likes to get guys playing time anyways to kind of keep that, well, especially uh, game, that ready, game, yeah. game speed, especially that four. There's that four game red shirt thing came along you get a lot of guys a lot of game experience and then still save a year yeah so but i think this guy's gonna come in yeah. and, and be a four a true tr- freshman coming in playing go ahead chris i'm sorry and also that didn't kentucky uh didn't kentucky redshirt every single player this year because of that rule i'm yes. pretty sure yes yeah. they did yeah. they did i love that rule it's it's really benefited UK and building that because I can remember when Stoops came in here, he couldn't redshirt anybody, and that that now hurt. Had to play everybody. That hurt like Matt Elam and people like that. But but nowadays, that I mean, having a redshirt's a big. It gets them game ready, and and having yeah. be able to letting them play four games gets them a lot of experience. But it get like I said, well, get them in the gym. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, you, uh, you know, you look at JJ Weaver and Jared Casey. You know, it came came out that there were rumors that uh, <clears throat> those guys weren't very happy with the fact that they weren't getting to play very much and that kind of stuff. But, you know, who knows if that was true. But, you know, you get them in towards the end of the year, they started playing more and more and more snaps, and you could see why those kids were so highly rated. And it's going to be the same way with John Young once he gets in and, uh, you know, starts playing. I, he's got about 20 pounds that he needs to gain, like good weight. But uh, once he gets that on and gets in Kentucky's lifting program and stuff like that, man – well, I guess they've already started. So, yeah, after this uh, semester, you'll see the, the changes in his body, how much weight he gains, how much muscle he gains, and then, you know, we'll see if he's ready for next year or not. Yeah, I, 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 I think of that. Go ahead, go ahead, TJ, continue. This next guy, I know all of y'all remember Larry Warford. Uh, the, the guy, Reuben Adams Jr., he plays just like Larry Warford. He's compared to Larry Warford. He's a uh, 6'3", 320-pound, three-star offensive lineman. I think he got gypped on the stars. Once again, we know stars don't mean anything. Josh Allen, Benny Snell. This kid absolutely needs to be a four-star. He's 11th in the state out of Virginia. He passed blocks like I have not seen anybody pass block before. He's raw. He's raw. He has a lot to learn, but he has the skill set and the body to completely be one of the best pass protectors in the SEC. Well, yeah, it's interesting he dropped a star once he decommitted from 
Penn State committed to Kentucky on, you know, go figure. It, it's, it's, a, it's all politics when it comes to that. I mean, you've got so many kids who are either five stars or four stars. They go to a high-powered school like Alabama or Texas, uh, you know, and then, oh, I don't want to go there. I'm going to go to a Kentucky or I'm going to go to a Purdue and then they automatically lose a star for that. It's pathetic how they do that. It is awful. That really is. makes no sense at all, but it is what it is in our benefit, right? So, yep. <laughs> I mean, it's – it's. A, skill, well, go ahead. Your skill set is your skill set. It doesn't matter if you went to William & Mary, if you go to Miami or Alabama. Your skill set is your skill set, and how you play is how you play. You shouldn't be docked a, a star because of where you go to college. Amen. Yeah, that's a perfect way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, continue, continue, man. This is awesome. Yeah, you're doing a great job. We'll go right into uh, DeAndre Buford, six foot five, two hundred seventy three star, Detroit, Michigan. Once again, breaking into that Michigan pipeline, eleventh in the state of Michigan. He's college ready. I mean, this kid was college ready his sophomore year. Once again, Auburn needed this guy. They offered him. They offered this guy two years ago. They constantly talked to this kid. They wanted him, didn't get him. He's absolutely an NFL pick, four four years away from being an NFL pick. Blocks in the open spaces. And the thing about this guy, he has long arms, so he doesn't have to wait for the defender to come to him. He can absolutely put up his arms and already be engaged with the defensive end or the defensive tackle for the other team. Yep. So this kid, he – he has the same mentality as Logan Stenberg, not the same build. Same mentality, like he wants to go out there and destroy everything that's in front of him. And you, you love that in a guard. Yeah. That's what he's projected to be as a guard. I love that attitude. I do too, man. I, I think that attitude, because that, that's kind of stuff you need to bring to the offensive line. you got to have a little dirty play on the offensive line. I don't give a shit. Oh, he wants to say, Mike played it. it. Yeah. I played it. Got to have a little bit of that that uh, mean streak in yeah, you. Nothing like a little cheap shot when the ref isn't looking. A little, <laughs> little, little punch <laughs> to the throat. Yeah, Never man. hurt anybody. It is what it is, man. But you need that toughness to your lines. Both sides of it. Well, especially in the SEC, you can't have some kid going out there afraid to hit somebody. So you absolutely have to have that mentality of, hey, I'm going to knock you on your butt. You're going to like it or not, and your mama's going to feel it. Well, the, not just with that. What comes with that is also uh, the cockiness, which is also something guys need as well. I mean, especially on the offensive line. Yeah, you got to have just yep. an attitude. Just, yep. the, just the attitude. And you're right. The guard position is where you typically see that type of thing. That's where I played. Softness is where you see at the tackle spot, and that's where Mike played. Oh, I disagree so, with that well, a little bit. He's know. soft. So. <laughs> Subtle brag. You, you needed me out there. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got two more for you. I'm going to wrap up the offensive lineman here with Joshua Jones. Once again, SEC body, SEC ready, six foot six, two hundred ninety eight pounds, three star. We got him from Phoenix City, Alabama. Alabama offered this kid a year ago. Alabama wanted him. Alabama had him uh, coming for visits two or three times at least. He's thirty fourth uh, ranked player out of Alabama. Now. I don't know if you've seen his uh, video clips, but do you remember the Blindside movie where Michael Orr in high school blocked the kid almost 80 yards? I do. Yeah, I remember that. So I was watching tape on this guy. He, they started at their own 30-yard line. He blocked the defensive end 18 yards down the field and then pancaked them. I this actually guy, saw this. I actually saw that. Yeah. Too. I was thinking, I was screaming, just get in the dirt. Just get in the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> you can never get this big like that. Zeke. 
he's an absolute beast. He's he's going to get you a lot of pancakes. He's going to open up the holes, and he fully engages on blocks. He doesn't chip block. He doesn't, you know, oh, I'm going to block here and then run over here. When he blocks you, you're going to feel it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I saw that same video. And I, yeah. <laughs> all I kept thinking was getting the grass. I mean, that's what you're taught. But, yeah, but he, I mean, he is an absolute beast. Uh, and I, another one I'm excited about. Uh, but, but man, that we, the, the, just the way you put it when we kick this off. I mean, these this line is now set for at least five years. You know what I heard a lot of was yep. we're stealing players from Tennessee, Auburn, Alabama, the Mississippi, Alabama. Alabama. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mississippi's like that's incredible. Like that we're stealing these many players from these big name. Schools. I, 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 so I have to, I have to like stop there. So this is a this is a, a debate I've had on several different sites with several di- different people. I think that we need to stop with this whole like it's a surprise that Kentucky's competing with all these people. I think we're past all that. Kentucky's proven that they're a name in college football yeah. and a name on the recruiting trail. And so this like I can't believe that we're competing with Auburn. Like no, we belong. No, I know that we're, we're literally taking their recruits now I, is what I'm getting at. I don't want to hear I don't want to hear your mouth. I don't want to hear your mouth. Well, well, here's the thing, man. I will say this. I will say this about the whole thing. Yeah, it's it's not being it's not very surprising anymore. Uh but until until Kentucky starts starts having 10 win seasons consistently, I don't think anyone on the landscape outside of Kentucky is ever going to think they're going to say that 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 very statement every time we still recruit from Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, whoever, uh just just because our our brand in Kentucky is huge and and, is, and and trending up. Doesn't mean that people outside here isn't going to use that. I mean, it's not a surprise to us at all. But but it is. It tells you that that you're that you're playing with the big boys now, right? So I mean, I, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. To hear those names on there. I mean, would you really have like uh, Rice on there or you know teams Murray like State. Murray State? <laughs> I mean, would you really be beating those guys up? Because I mean, I mean, I don't tell you if we. No, be- well, go ahead. I, I'm just saying, I don't think we as Kentucky fans should be surprised anymore at the fact that we're beating these big-name programs, traditionally big-name programs, for recruits. Right. I completely agree because you had – I forgot the life of me who, who came out with this, but two kids came out with their top ten the other night, uh, one five-star, one four-star. You had guys on there like Alabama, USC, Florida, Georgia, Wisconsin – but both of them had Kentucky. And you look at that and you think, you know, the the past three, I'd say maybe two or three years with, with the way this, this coaching staff has recruited, you can't say anymore, oh, they stole a recruit from Alabama? Really? You can't do that. We've done that the past three or four years. Well, they've done that. They well, did that with Matt Elam. <laughs> it's the same thing with Drennan. Like, last night, if you, I was kind of looking on Twitter and Facebook and a couple other sites where uh, USC fans were talking about, like, oh, they were so confident that Drennan was coming to USC and all this and that, even though Kentucky had established a relationship with he and his family for, like, four or five years. Um, and then when Drennan picked Kentucky, it was, like, this big surprise. <laughs> Look at USC's recent history in the last four, four or five years versus Kentucky's history in the last four or five years. And that's all these kids care about. These kids who are 17, 18 years old, five years ago they were, you know, 12 12, 13 years old, and like that's when most people start paying attention to college football. So that's what they know is that Kentucky's a winning program. They don't know about our past. Well, that's it's true. Funny that you, Go ahead, TJ. It's funny that you mention that because if you look at the Pac-12, we always make fun of the Pac-12. 
they don't have the skill set as as your Big Ten, your SEC. But if you look at them as a whole, they are definitely down maybe three fourth behind behind the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the SEC, maybe even the ACC. USC in their own conference finished tenth in recruiting this year. Yeah, that's horrible. That's really bad. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the funniest thing about the whole thing last night was USC sent somebody all the way from USC to come watch him sign, and he picked UK, and that guy has to go back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with nothing. <laughs> but but uh, I did read that on Twitter too. But but no, I, I think I think you're I think you're all hitting on good points. Uh, kids, it's what are you doing for me now? Yeah, not so much. Uh, what is, do they? You want to give a shit? Do in the nineties when they weren't even born. Like, yeah, I mean, does anyone give a shit that uh, that Army won like fifteen championships back in the fort? No one cares about that. <laughs> Army, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's like Notre Dame. Like, what has Notre Dame done in the last twenty years? Just be able to rate it. I mean, I mean, really, what, what they've done? That's why. That's why they're taking a step back. Getting Barrett's uh, SEC team in a national championship game on live television. That's very and true. Manti Teo had a make-believe girlfriend. That's also true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Feel that, bad for her. She passed away. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just like I said. I mean, you're 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 hitting on a very good point there. That kids are now society, and and with Kentucky trending up, and and if they have success in the next four years, they're going to be looked at it like. This crazy part is, is right now they're probably kids are probably thinking, well, Kentucky's more of a a better uptick than Tennessee is right now, right? I mean, yeah, Tennessee's just a bunch of crybabies and and want things handed to them, and and you know, uh, again, it's just it's a Tennessee hate week. I'm sorry, we play in Tennessee yeah. on Saturday, and I I it's, I cannot. What blows my mind don't is don't you ever be sorry for hating Tennessee? Uh, no, no, no. What fucking blows my mind is do you all know we have one down in Knoxville since 2015? Yeah, that this that just fucking blows my mind. <laughs> it angers me. So here's the thing. I grew up, I was born and raised in, in Tennessee. Ouch. And it, I'm sorry. it is amazing. Yeah, I am too, honestly. But it is oh amazing at, at how delusional their fan base is in, in both sports. I mean, they were calling themselves a basketball school last year, but they don't even have Final Fours. <laughs> what I'll say to that is, is, uh, is come to Louisville. Right. Come live in Louisville. You have idiotic Indiana fans God. that think they're still relevant in basketball, and you have Louisville Lola fans. fans that literally they have any kind of success. They're the greatest school of all time, <laughs> and they're also 2013 champs, even though the record books doesn't say so. Yeah, no, yeah, that's a fake championship. That championship never happened. I just said that argument today. Like, well, who beat Michigan then? I don't know. No one. No one. Michigan just lost. They no one won that year. <laughs> but I watched it. It happened. No, it didn't happen. No, it didn't. Corny, Corny, that, was, that was fake news. Yeah, that's definitely fake. Uh, but no, I, I I agree with you, man. Tennessee fans are irrelevant, and it's kind of crazy to watch how far they fall. Because when I was a kid, and I'm sure if you grew up in Tennessee, you know this. Tennessee was the school. <laughs> yeah, they were they were up there for a while. I mean, and they had well, big if, if you want to know how it's changed, when you when you're a Tennessee guy, you were born and raised a Tennessee Vol. Thank God I wasn't. My parents are from Kentucky. But you were Tennessee born, Tennessee raised, Tennessee ball, ball for life. And it just shows you that Kentucky is stealing Tennessee recruits. And it just shows you how, how it's changed in the past 10 years, even in the 15, past 15 years, that these kids that are growing up, they don't want to go to Tennessee. Look at their football program. It's been in shambles for years. Georgia State, BYU, started the season 0 for 2 in the first time since 1987. 
They don't. They're not a football school. They're not a baseball school. There ain't nothing cool. Don't they have women's basketball? That's pretty good. Or is that no, not, good no more? No, not anymore. Yeah, no. Not anymore. Yeah. Well, maybe they should. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> get a hockey team. Yeah. <laughs> they do have a hockey team. The Preds, and they do play tonight. So I'm just letting everybody know that. Let's go out there. <laughs> so, so I've got, I've got an outlier for you guys. Uh, everybody's, you know, they're they're big on the big names of, of the recruits, but we we've seen this the staff Vince Merrow and 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 Coach Stoops. We've seen them be able to see into the future almost with players like Josh Allen and Benny Snell. We've seen that time and time again. Lynn Bowden, another one. Ernest Sanders Jr. This is actually one of my favorite players at this class. I agree he's with you six, on that, TJ. That's a great ally. I love this guy. He's a six-foot, 190-pound wide receiver. He's a three-star, once again out of Michigan, 16th player out of the state. He's stocky. He's physical. He's six foot, 190 pounds, but he doesn't look like that. He has straight line speed. 19 catches last year because he also played safety, but he had 522 yards and seven touchdowns off 19 catches. And they compare him to the Tennessee Titans rookie wide receiver, A.J. Brown, already because he's that big. Whew. Now he's the kid. Doesn't he have a video of him jumping over a car? It, yeah. No, 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 no. That was Andrew Phillips, who is a cornerback for Kentucky. I thought there. Was, I thought this, this receiver this, kid too, uh, Sanders kid too, as well. This no, he didn't jump out of the gym. He played basketball as well. He's probably good enough to play at Kentucky. He can absolutely jump out of the gym. I don't know if he jumped over a car, maybe a house. But that's how high he jumps. <laughs> I like that. The, the car's for rookies. <laughs> car's for corners. That wraps up the recruiting uh, portion for tonight, anyway, out, out of those 10 players. But like you, like you guys said at the beginning, man, this class is, is absolutely stacked from top to bottom. The only two positions I don't think we got was a punter or a kicker, but I'm not too worried about those two. We actually covered kicker with a, with a walk-on from Henry Clay. Yeah, I'm not, I don't think oh, we're we not did. punting all this year, so I'm not worried about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not punting at all. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> so for our listeners, this was this was the first installment of, uh, of TJ's recruiting class breakdown. We, we obviously have 25 signees in this class he's going to break down another 10 on our next football podcast and then the remaining five on the podcast after that i treat tj i can't i can't i appreciate you man coming out and it was uh it was, it was very good job, very good, very, very good job. job uh trying to get to know these guys and and like, like you you kicked it off really good with this class is built from the line up yeah exactly essentially and uh the 10 you gave us is probably the backbone of this team going forward and you know, I, I I hate hearing it from from the fans and and everybody else. Pass the ball, pass the ball, air raid. But that's not the Chris, SEC yeah, East game, like you said. Uh, it, it, get out of here! I never said air raid. I never Chris, said air raid. You did, Chris. Chris wants to hear no, those sirens. I said twenty to twenty-five times. No, Chris is like, we need to throw the ball fifty-five times. Twenty, you got to throw the damn ball. Chris wants to hear sirens there. Yeah. Bring Sarkeesian <laughs> no, in. No, I don't. I want those to go away. Bring Sarkeesian in. <laughs> Kim Cotter's overrated. Uh, okay. Chris, you say something like that again on this show, you will no longer be on here. 
Oh, yeah. Bring Sarkeesian in, right? <laughs> hey, Ray 2020. That's right. That's right. What was that guy who went to Southern Miss? What was his name? Oh, Shannon Dawson. Yeah, bring Shannon Dawson back, right, Chris? Oh, my God. No. No, I don't want air raid. I just want a pro style offense for the love of God. That motherfucker called a what draw with like that? 30 seconds left. He's like, if it would have worked, you would have called me a genius. Very it's true. Like, but you ran about the middle with 30 seconds left, you idiot. And you got like one yard. Yeah. <laughs> what was the famous quote from uh, Shannon Dawson? If it works, it works. Uh, he said something like that after one of the games. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I, yeah. Well. Bad guy. All right. Well, we're going to thank TJ for coming on. It was a, it was a really good breakdown. Um, like I said, we're going to have him back next week. It's going to be a good time again with him, and uh, and and we, we appreciate it. Uh, so moving on, Chris, what's some of your last points on uh, wrapping up this recruiting class? Well, first I kind of want to touch on the Michael Drennan situation. I know a lot of Kentucky fans were kind of losing their minds today when last night when Drennan didn't send in his uh, LOI papers, letter of intent. And uh, <clears throat> what happened was the kid just wanted to go out to dinner and celebrate with his family and then have a nice morning and send in his letter of intent. So this morning on another one of the podcasts that covers Kentucky sports, he uh, he sent in his LOI before he went on and then announced when he went on the show that he had sent in his LOI. So everybody chill. There was no wavering. He, uh, he never thought twice about going to Kentucky or anything like that. He's a wildcat. Well, yeah. Then, uh, a heck of a wildcat, a median impact wildcat. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited for this kid. Absolutely. Hey, the number six? We haven't had an impact Wildcat since uh, where the number six, and he really was an impact Wildcat, but he's a big recruit in John Logan. Uh, he ended up kind of being a bust. But Ollie wear number six? Thing, he, do what? Don't we already have a receiver that wears number six? Uh, Ali does. Yeah. So do you think that you okay. think Ali's going to give him his number? No, especially since Ali's moving to the slot. So, yeah. I doubt it. I guess Trenton's going to have to wait on the number six. Well, maybe, but we'll see. Maybe they'll work something out. Maybe he'll take number one since, uh, you know, everybody wants to compare him to Lynn. Ooh, but, I uh, like it. But, I like it. But at the same time, uh, listen, Lynn's awesome, and we all know that. He's a legend forever. He's going to have a statue out there, per se. Uh, but Lynn is not faster than him. Yeah. <laughs> Saw some arguments earlier today. <laughs> Lynn is one of the greatest, most elusive players ever. But as far as speed goes, Drennan's faster. <laughs> I mean, for what I see, I, you know, game speed's a lot different than uh, this running, running in high school speed. Uh, but, but as far as I see, Drennan is, or I like to call him Dresden, is faster uh, than Lynn. But we'll see. We'll see Lynn's uh, forty times at the combine. I'm sure here shortly, and they'll pretty much put that to bed. Uh, but go, go ahead and continue, Chris. So to, to cap that off, I'm going to say Lynn Bowden's more like a Debo Samuel in terms of um, his speed. He's more of a, a shifty side-to-side guy than he is a straight-line speed guy. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, rolling on, there was one receiver who was kind of up in the air. He's going to be a surprise guy for Kentucky. Um, he had supposedly visited a couple weeks ago, but yeah, it's still kind of, again, up in the air. No one really knows. Um, <clears throat> so it was a weird situation. He had visited Ole Miss. They had had a lot of conversations and stuff like that. And he was supposedly under the impression that Ole Miss had formally offered and would take his commitment and his letter of intent. Well, the Travion Brown out of Louisiana uh, signed fake 
letter of intent paperwork with Ole Miss yesterday, and Ole Miss didn't take the commitment. They didn't take his signature when he faxed it in. Uh, the kid, you know, it was heartbreaking. He ended up crying and all that kind of stuff on live TV and uh, released a statement. He had filled out fake paperwork. Uh, Ole Miss had supposedly never formally offered. They had verbally offered, which means nothing. And uh, when it came down to it, they didn't accept his commitment. So That's horrible. That's he, horrible. Terrible. That's horrible. I know, man. It's, it's, you, you get so conflicted in a situation like that because you feel horrible for the kid, but at the same time, it's kind of like... I wonder where if he gave him the fake papers then. Did somebody give him fake papers? I, I don't... You know, there's not enough information out there saying like what well, tell happened. Him on on, that tell end, him to come like, on to UK. Paperwork, but tell him come on to UK. Yeah, we'll take him down here. Well, he he ended up he ended up signing with North Texas, oh. which they run a, a spread offense where they throw the ball a lot. That'll be good for a receiver, but it kind of shows you like the big boys didn't exactly want him. He was more of a backup plan, and that's what kind of sucks about the whole recruiting thing is that, you know they have to string along these kind of kids who uh, dream of playing about playing big football, and he just he wouldn't. So there's good already enough. drama with Joey Freshwater, right? Is that what you're saying? Yes, <laughs> always. There's already always. shady shit going on. <laughs> well, it, it is kind of what it is, and I'm sure I'm sure a lot of the recruiting for him was probably. Uh, previously done to get his hopes up. I, I don't know. I don't know those things for a fact, but these things do happen. And it, it is unfortunate. It makes you feel terrible because the kid signed, signed something. Everyone's probably excited that he's going to Ole Miss. And uh, to hear that, that's uh, yeah, that's horrible. I mean, there's, there's all, no I know it's all over social media. Yeah. Barstools have shared it already. It's, like. it's terrible. That's terrible to hear. Uh, all right, go ahead and continue on. So a couple, <clears throat> a couple more situations kind of like that, but not really. Uh, Jordan Birch, who committed to South Carolina, he was a local South Carolina kid. Apparently his mom wanted him to sign with LSU, though, obviously. National championship team, everybody loves Coach O and all that kind of stuff. Uh, she did not want him to sign and play with or play for uh, Will Muschamp. But he ended up at the last minute uh, signing with South Carolina, the home state school. And then Zachary Evans, who was the number one running back, consensus number one running back across all the recruiting services, he had been rumored to be close to committing to something like six schools uh, you know, along the recruiting process, signed an LOI with Georgia, had repeated off-the-field issues. Georgia released him. Uh, Kirby Smart kind of threw shade at him during the, uh, the National Signing Day uh, program that Georgia had, uh, citing, you know, um, they wanted people with high character and stuff like that, kind of throwing shade at that kid. He ended up visiting uh, Tennessee and Ole Miss, which perfect programs for <laughs> low character kids. And uh, he, he has, especially he Tennessee, signed with anybody yet. But uh, but yeah, it, it, it'll be a great situation for that kid who has so many off the field troubles going to one of those two uh, prestigious programs. Because as we both know, Jeremy Pruitt and Lane Kiffin, they are great at developing character. Let's just put this in perspective. Jerry, Joey Freshwater. Joey Freshwater. I, I'm sorry I used his fake name. Let's just put this in, in perspective here. Pruitt, Pruitt uh, told, got mad at a cop for doing his job and then want the cop to just unarrest his kid. Yeah. And then got pissed off because he's saying that the other schools he was at, they just let him go. So that makes zero sense. And then that same kid that he defended went on and uh, did showed up. Came, videos came out about him 
talking shit to his girlfriend or beating up on his girlfriend, and uh, now that kid is no longer playing football. So how stupid does Jeremy Pruitt look? Right. <laughs> Honestly, shocking. Honestly, shocking that Jeremy Pruitt didn't just say, like, oh, well, it's only fair. Other schools, you know, let him do the same thing. Yeah, he's he is – that guy, that guy, he better be glad he beat UK because if he didn't beat UK, he probably would not have a job. No. I mean, sad. I mean, if he would have finished six and six, and and then would have been in a shitty bowl, uh, and probably playing for a bowl win to keep his job. Probably not though, because I'm pretty sure Tennessee thinks they're going to win the East this year. They really do. This is their decade, <laughs> apparently. So. Yeah. 2020 is the year of the Bulls. So, well, I mean, we'll see. I mean, that fucking Tennessee. Oh, Lord. God, what a joke. So, <laughs> all right, we'll continue on. That's all I got for you. Well, uh-huh. I don't know. That's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 the recruiting, I guess for me to sum it up, the recruiting for UK, uh, obviously probably the best class we ever had, especially on the lines. Um, we've really uh, – Banked on, on our our production on the both sides of the line, yeah. and that's helped us out. And 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 unlike and I'll say this about Louisville, Louisville did not did not uh, kind of pounce on the opportunity they had with Lamar being there, and um, they didn't they didn't go out and get great recruits and use him as as like uh, someone they can put out there. UK has used that. Yeah, it UK seems got like defensive player of the year, and uh, now look at our recruits. Like, I mean, they 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 banked on on the momentum. They took advantage of the momentum. Yeah. So, um, that's that's what you want out of a team that's up and coming, right? Yeah, absolutely. You just keep capitalizing. And side note, I, I wouldn't want to play it for Muschamp either because he's probably not going to have a job next year. So no, the fact that he still has a job <laughs> might be one of the most surprising things in all sports. He seems like a cool dude, but same time. That guy, how does he keep getting kids? I just look at him imagine that, like, nosebleed, like, when he was having his little aneurysm on the field screaming at That people. guy can recruit his ass off, but he cannot fucking coach. No, he's a terrible head coach. <laughs> head coach. He's a good coordinator. He's a head, great coordinator. But terrible head coach. <laughs> I'm Nick. I'm Mike. I'm Chris. All sports, no politics. Go Cats.